Uh, wasn't a little bit of Black Sabbath. Uh, you know, their music is good. There are a lot of songs that I love to just uh, just put on here. But can't copyright and whatnot and just get taken down. And it's uh, not really worth the trouble, in my opinion. It's, you know, just a waste. What are you going to... What are you going to do? Like, I, come on, that's... Let lower the camera here, but... It, it's one of those things where it's like... Ramps up the audio, and it's uh, it's real good. Uh, it's... It, it's benefiting. It's effective. It's like... It's a useful tool, right? So I'd love to do that, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's really worth the trouble. Maybe I'm on a place where they don't really care about that kind of thing, like one of those private ones, like Patreon or whatever, or you get some sort of a right, or it's like a remix version. It's not the original song. You know, there's kind of some loopholes here and there, and kind of like swerve around it, you know, go on the shoulder, go beside it. You know, it's pretty useful, pretty useful. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, I have this watch. It's like a solar-powered, just a watch. It's so complicated and such a waste, you know? It just seems like such a hassle. Where it's, it's so out of the way. I'd rather just have a regular watch. You know, a basic watch. Not a smart watch, not a phone, just a regular watch that just tells me the time. I don't want to know the time zones. It doesn't need to be solar powered by the fucking sun. You know, I don't, I don't need all that nonsense. That is just, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. I, I don't need that kind of a thing. Really, I don't. In order to program, you have to hold on one of the buttons and then get to the right time zone. And do you want military time or do you want AM, PM time? And it's so complicated. It's so stupid. Like, what a fucking, what a waste. It seems like that type of technology would be a, a part of progress. But it's not. It's, it's the opposite of progress. It's no progress at all. You know, it's like this stupid kind of, you know, waste. And, uh... I know, it just seems so... Let me move the camera here. It just seems so dumb. You know, like, what's... Literally, what's the point? I don't... I don't get it. I just can't... Can you understand why you would want such a dumb piece of technology? The stupid fucking... Well, I'm not even gonna... Fuck this. You know, I'm not gonna... This is... This is... Uh, like, what? I don't even want to wear it. It's so tight. And I got, like... You can tell, I got, like... I got marks. I got marks from the watch. And I have no tan line because the watch blocks out the sun. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those dumb... One of those dumb things, right? I'm just trying to fill the time because I have uh, somebody coming on. I'm going to talk to him about some hopefully interesting things. Uh... I'm just trying to get to that point. Um, but I'm in a 
damn hotel room with ugly fucking flamingos all over the goddamn wall. Fuck those things. Glad they're extinct. Stupid fucking flamingos. Ugh. So dumb. So dumb. I'm staying in this hotel, and the water's been shut off because there's a leak. So I had to wash my hands with a fucking water bottle. How cheap is that? It's like you pull over to the side of the road, get out of your RV, you start wash your hands with a with a water bottle. Oh, ain't that fun? Oh, it's great antique vintage life. We're so poor. You got to use spring water to wash your hands. You want you want purified water to to cleanse your dirty hands. Like that's that's classy right there. It's something you'd think is sort of antique or vintagey, where it's old and classy and cool, but it's not. It's stupid. It's fucking stupid. I generally have no uh, material right now to even uh, be talking about anything much, but I was thinking the other day about uh, about what if? Okay, hear me out. What if a couple, like a married couple, lived in separate homes? They're married, but they don't live together. Like, they got the contract, they got the kids. Kids can sleep whatever the hell they want. You know? Like, that's that's the good life. That's the kind of the fantasy life. Would that even work? Like, would that, would that work? Like, I'd be curious to know if that kind of a thing would work out or just fucking bomb immediately. Like, I want to fucking like to know that kind of a thing, honestly. But I do have to address I'm so uncomfortable on camera right now. Uh, I don't know. Usually, I just do audio. I can sit back, do whatever I want off the, like, my the way I'm positioned or the way I move my hands or whatever. You know, it's not controlled. It's just... Whatever. But now I kind of, you know, it's something got to get good at. You know, I'm so used to lying in my bed, recording with the phone or with the, the mic or whatever. You know, it's so uh, so loose and whatnot. It's not that bad. And um, when it comes to books, you know, think about married couples living apart. What do they do? On the weekend when their sex life is so bad, they just sit in the living room reading and small talk. It's like, oh, hon, I think I I left the garage unlocked. Oh, did you now? It's like this boring old people. Like, ugh. And books and reading, that's such a boring thing now. You know what I mean? The only books that'd be interesting to me are like Fifty Shades of Grey. That's it. That is the only thing, the only thing that people would find relatively interesting in any way. Think of a movie or a video. It's got to be hooking you in and grab your fucking attention within within seconds, or you're gone. Like this, you'd need a pretty slow and long attention span. Honestly, you would. You would. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's one of those things 
where things change and you, you're kind of squeezing the sponge more and more and more, getting money out of something, if it's TV and movies or, or writing or whatever the business is, stocks, gaming people, you know? And eventually, eventually that runs out, right? And you have to start getting creative. And then with with phones and how things are now online, it's so quick, you know, chick-chock, uh, blip-bloop, you know, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Like, you know, you want the big bucks quickly. It's like a factory, everything, you know? And if you're making something, you got hook. It's got to be so. You got to feel like, wow, this is so good, like a like a good foreign movie. There was one called Sputnik. Like a, you're in space and it's Russians and you're in a rocket and it's the time of the Cold War. It's like before the movie even starts, you're in it. You can feel there's a feeling of this movie's pretty fucking cool. This is a cool fucking movie. You get that feeling. You're excited. You know, you got this this energy, like, yeah, what? this is an experience. This is me a cool fucking experience. Come on. Like, it's that kind of a, yeah. Like watching James Bond or some action movies, you know? So with this, I just lost like 20, 30 people. No, I'm kidding. I only get like 10 viewers. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Uh... I have some coins in my pocket. Well, how much do I got? 20. 20. 2. I got 60 cents in euros. And then 2 euros. That's what, 260? It's not bad. It's not bad at all. You know? Pretty good. Yeah, it's one of those, uh, one of those things, you know. And practicing my uh, Silvio Dante impression. Where he always does the frowning. His tongue is always at like his teeth. It's almost a lisp. It doesn't sound like one. But when he speaks, it looks like one. I don't know. At least to me. He's like, okay, this is um, it's good stuff. You know, it's, it's good. I mean, there, there, was, there was one scene where um, Tony Soprano tells um, Silvio Dante to... Uh, kill R Richie April, right? And he goes up to him. I can't remember the, the, how it started or the whole, um, the whole scene, but it was just like, you know, you know that uh, that Richie nothing ever good came of him. It's a done deal. Consider it done. You know? Yeah. This is, uh, it's good. All right. It's good. He's always smoking a cigarette. There was another one where he was going to kill the coach who was, uh, who, I don't know, molested or had sex with one of the girls. And they're all pissed because two of their kids or three are on the same team. And he's in the car on the phone. And he gets the call where it's like, let it go. Sylvia, so don't, don't kill the coach. Don't fucking do it. It's not worth it. And he's got to, because that's the fucking boss. Um, hold on. And he 
suggest you guys, it's it's this respect and this loyalty. Remember Tony speaking once where it was like, you want respect, you give it. If you want respect, you give it, you know. I think he said that to uh, Richie April. But he does this thing where he's like, yes. So we get to the call where it's like, don't kill him. He closes the phone. He says, son of a, that son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Ugh. Oof. Hmm. Who's got the frowning? And there was there was another scene right after Tony uh, avoids getting killed by the two black guys. And he comes in a cast, lies on the couch, and a lot of them were at the bar. I think it's like Polly Walnuts and Christopher Montesanti. Um and Sylvia. And he says, like, is that that? Oh, crap. I already fucked it up. I already fucked it up. Holy shit. I suck at this. Where it was like, that, uh, Gabagool? Or whatever. Gabagool. I don't know what it's called. Is that, uh, Gabagool? Right over here. Get, get away. Is that Gabagool? Something? Nah. Is that Gabagool? Right over here. I don't know. It's a work in progress. I came up with it yesterday. There's a lot of them I'm able to do, but it's always on accident. There was another one I did where it was kind of that same face, but it was like Leno. And it was like, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's kind of high pitch a little. That kind of exaggerates a part of Leno, you know? But yeah, oh, this is bad. I'm using Wi-Fi to call because I don't have a... A SIM card to call. Um, hope it works. I keep losing the goddamn Wi-Fi. This is bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, been working on these, these these impressions. You know, me being able to do like James Stewart with the Lavish Drive Stewart. There was a it was a comedy. What was it called? His uh, imaginary friend. It was a bunny. I think it was called Harvey. It's like Harvey, Harvey, where, where, where are you, Harvey? And he speaks like a total retard. <laughs> the entire movie, he's such an idiot. But when you do something like that, an accident, it's so fun to do. Just, just an impression. There's something just, just enjoyable about it, you know. Got another couple minutes, or probably like another ten until. Uh, Guest comes on, talk about God knows what, but, uh, for, for example, going back to the whole technology thing, you know, the, the way things used to be, and there was this sort of like this change or make things better, it's all this innovation, all that. And that's why I spoke about like the whole book thing and the marriage living in separate homes, because that's very liberal. Liberal means like you're open to new ideas, like a door. Instead of it being one door, let's have two. Open two doors. That's a, okay, let's try that. Let's see how it works. That's an experiment. That's kind of this liberal, you know, sort of a thing. But, uh, I do got to say, I do got to say, though, that there was this kind of thing where, like, let's get rid of all these cassette tapes or VHS tapes and put it on a little disc. Save room, less of a hassle and whatnot. Same with the phone. Let's keep making it smaller. And then they made it bigger and it's all touch and no buttons anymore. 
and even a phone like this. Got like a keypad and these little buttons and there's a receiver and there's a mic and whatnot. You can hold it. You can see it. You know, you can't watch porn on it. Nothing like that. Trust me. I've tried. And it's one of those things where it's it's kind of healthy. It's kind of like real. It doesn't hurt your eyes to stare at it. You don't have to charge it. It's in the wall. You don't have any problems with it. Driving your car or, you know, at dinner. It's like, oh, put away your phone. Or don't walk in the street while you're on your phone. Because it's at your ear. You're not looking at it. You're. That's why I hate, like, FaceTime. Because I can never hear what the fucking person is fucking saying. Such shit. I have to, like, I want this. I want to hear... I want, otherwise, I'm just looking at somebody. I'm just having a staring contest because it's like, what? What did you say? Or the connection broke up, and I can't really. It's, it's fucking, you know, weird. I mean, weird, right? Absolutely, just ridiculous. I mean, one of those. Ugh, I want like old technology. There's a reason people love record players or. I don't know, Walkmans. People like records and old movies, black and white. Old sitcoms, this, that, old-fashioned. Because the culture isn't moving. Culture's, like, going backwards. You know, we're not... Like, since, like, the 90s, nothing's really changed. Or even the 2000s, I guess. But, like, relatively. Mid to late 90s. You know? Clothing and, and, and culture in general. Everything. All the art and, and the way people speak, like, they're little pieces, you know? Even look at glasses. Every decade had, like, a distinguished, specific style of glasses. In the 60s, they were kind of like, ladies had those ones that were pointy at the sides, and they were kind of narrow, looked like a, you know, their, uh, their pee hole. <laughs> um... The 70s were more, like, wide. They were kind of like this, sort of, I guess. But in the 60s, the, the actual glass was really thick, you know, and things like that. And back in the day, people, at least in movies, it was, like, very good quality, like, movie sets and in terms of, uh, in terms of material and, and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, you know, just how, uh, just how those things are. But it's not like much of a change, really. Not much of a change. And it's really just... It's really just ridiculous. How none of these things are... Are happening. So you can tell with... Just look at... Movies. And it may seem fucking stupid or childish. Whatever the hell. But... But, uh... It's one of those things where you're you're able to figure out where American culture stands, or even worldwide, where it stands and where it might be going. And now people are making the biggest deal out of the things that are just nothing, the the nothing things, these stupid things like like language. People are emotional instead of it's like, oh, here's the new fashion or here are the new movies. It's so like so minimal it's hardly even there you know uh back in the day you had this good material in movies it was like 
fine wood or metal or glass. And now, like, bottles used to be made of a glass, and it was nice, or even good plastic. And caps were creative. Like, here, a cap, it, like, dude, this, isn't that cool? That's sick. In the U.S., you just screw it off. It's a boring water bottle. I want an interesting water bottle that's hard, you know, a different shape or material or... I don't know, something new. I don't want it to be some... Oh, just... It's like, it's stupid. The most fun I can have with a water bottle is drink... Pour all the water on the floor. Put the cap on. Squeeze it and twist. Until the cap just goes... Flying across the room. Hits the ceiling or a, a light bulb and it starts swaying like a pendulum. I don't know. It would be a cool thing. Would be uh, it would be a nice, you know, good thing. It really would, you know, would be uh, be nice, be quite quaint, quite uh, quite good. But with the next guest, I'll let him introduce himself. But his name's Thomas. Uh, probably not gonna say his last name. Just call him Tom. Um. Little, little bit of the the acting, or there's a lot of it. He'd be offended if I even said that. He does a little bit of the acting. No, he's been acting for like three or four decades or whatever, and uh, came from a hardworking blue collar family. Foreigners came to um, in New York. I don't know which one Ellis Island is. If that's the one in San Francisco, then it's the other one. Otherwise, it's the one in New York. Um, when all the foreigners came, a lot of, like, Italians, and they definitely didn't want any Japanese after Pearl Harbor. They were very paranoid and oversensitive and whatnot. And uh, I'll let him tell the story, his family story. It's re really got a whole book of stories. I mean, just one after another. Super fascinating stuff. Uh, I could write a biography. It's really good. Um, talking about him and going to Seattle and, like, the the early 80s or the late 70s and what New York was like and Chicago, Second City and coming up and everything like that. How life used to be back, back in the day. The golden age of America, as I like to say. And uh, coming up in just a minute or so. But uh, I do want to say, though, that uh, I have hope for, for the future. I think that things will be pretty good. The future isn't what it appeared to be, but uh, I'll just, you know, I'll shut up. Um, that's good. Let's see if the... Um if Spotify's still working, Let's see. Um, okay, that's fine. Let's see. Hello. Hey, Tom. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Very good. Um. 
right. We're on, so uh, don't say anything you don't want uh, recorded. Well, that's true. Um, I'm still on for 10 a.m. today out here. Oh, you are? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, what do you think will happen during this during this interview? What kinds of things will I be asked? Um, well, I just want to talk about the past and talk about, you know, how you came up, if it was through acting or showbiz. Maybe right. do you want to talk about your family and you know, share some some things of how they came to America or uh, tell some stories? Really up to you, man, whatever you want to talk about. Well, I've asked for good stories about my parents and grandparents, and also about the kind of uh, grade school and high school education I had, which was quite good. And if a kid was um, excelling in one thing or another, they were usually encouraged, and there were places and ways for them to um, experience success in this in this town. It was about 15,000 people. There was an enormous, really huge international harvester tractor plant right in the middle of downtown. And there were plenty of farmers everywhere. There were a lot of people who might work out of town. The area was 30 miles away. And there were a lot of uh, uh, jobs related to the business available to people from all over the area. So there was very good. The, the job rate and the amount people are making was very good. And there weren't too many things for people to object to when it came to living standards. Um, my grandparents were born in Italy and they came here in about 2000, pardon me, 19, uh, let's say 10. And they came to Chicago and were very industrious. Each one of them owned their own business. And they had five children in Chicago and uh, managed to stay afloat monetarily, financially. And in their later years, they were pretty secure and pretty happy. Chicago, especially in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, was a very, very welcoming sort of place to live. And it also excelled in all sorts of areas. The, uh, the educational system, the city government was very, very well run. In fact, in the 60s, one of the mottos of Chicago is the city that works. <laughs> Basically means things function here, there. Things function there in a very, in a very good way. And the job market was great. And people would move there and be happy that they moved there. A lot of people these days are moving from one big city to another, assuming that things are yeah, going to improve. So yeah. It's so different. And there, um, there are a lot of people who are um, disappointed with the place or places that they move to. Yeah. So Chicago is big enough a city that it offers just about anything anyone would, would want. And my mother was born in Chicago. My father was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan. But by the time 
he was in high school. His father was um, one of the editors at the, our local newspaper. And he met my mother in Chicago. They got married in about, let's see, um, I can't quite place the year exactly, but they were married in Chicago. They had two children in Chicago, and they decided to move 200 miles south to my hometown, and they had another seven children there, and dad managed to get elected county judge, which is a job he kept for almost 25 years. So we felt very secure um, while we grew up, and so did my mother, and um, we lived in a great house, and had a good education. While I was in high school, well, all of us were in high school, there were part-time jobs available. So uh, our own individual talents were appreciated by the, by the folks in the city. And so I'm learning how to work hard and cooperate with other people was something that, something that occurred and uh, it made the whole city a much better place to live in. Yeah, wow. Um, that is like such an American dream where you start right. with nothing and then all of a sudden you have everything. This is what people want and it's so great to hear. You know, and it, if, I feel like now people, they don't learn much and they don't want kids and I feel... It's it's not a place you should be. It's not like a good thing. I think people should, you know, get married, have children. It's this like thing that humans need, you know? That's right. Well also the whole concept of a neighborhood where yeah. people know each other, help More each friendly. other yeah. and and help to and help to um, establish a serious identity to their neighborhood. And their own personal, their own personalities become, their own personalities grow because they know that they're making a positive impact on their neighborhood and their city. Many, many people have given up on the concept of getting married and having one or two children. The house prices all over the Midwest have been skyrocketing out here in Seattle the average price of a home is about $1 million. That's crazy. So there are, I know there are a lot of, there, the, the accepted and most desirable way to live out here is to have a tech job and live in a very expensive condo. Yeah. So that's the average out here. Now, people who could really contribute something to Seattle usually don't live in Seattle. If they have something to contribute, they do it online off uh, 15, 20, 30, 50 miles from downtown. And COVID um, is a big reason why that happened. But I think very slowly people are getting used to the fact that COVID didn't destroy America's identity, but it's making it much more difficult to get uh, get busy at creating a new approach to what a neighborhood or a city is or what work is. 
many people um, quit working in an office when COVID hit, and they've been sitting in an office. Um, their new office is their home, and so they're not very uh, active. Not very astute when it comes. Yeah, they're not very astute when it comes to making decisions about the best way to live or the best way to be a good neighbor. If they do have one or two children, they have to be sure to live in a neighborhood that's, that's close to good education. Yeah, exactly. And I think the educational system here in, in America has been on a downward slide for about 20, 30 yeah, years. Yeah, that's a question I wanted to yeah. uh, bring up where people, like kids, aren't learning much, you know, or right. learning about pronouns and this and that. Like a lot of kids... A lot of people that are young don't know history, you know? That's right. And it's well, they don't know their own personal history or the history of the of the states they're living in. Yeah. And uh, when I when I was in school we took when I was in high school, there were a lot of folks who studied chemistry or physics or um, world geography or literature. You know, I was reading um, serious works of literature in my world in my uh, world literature class or my English literature class, and so I felt ready when I got to college that I wouldn't be overtaken by all the highly educated snobs that people assume go to college. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, when I grew up. Uh, people were made to feel that they had something to offer to their surroundings or to the whole country and that they wouldn't feel like a dope or feel less than the people around them who were successful. So people were encouraged to be successful in the 70s and 80s. And even with the Republican uh, surge during Reagan and the first Bush, it didn't feel as if our our federal government was going to be destroyed. Now, post-Trump, many people are um, positing a concept of civil war and the end of democracy. Right. And, you know, and I can't imagine what it's like to be 10 or 12 years old now and have, be able to put together um, a concept of how great the country is. And since there are so few people who do get married, and so few new children showing up in grade school classes, that a new approach to social life and education and um, the value of a good educator or right. school board Somebody has really got to cares. be checked out. Yeah. Right. And they, there has to be some sensitivity to what young people go through. Um, I read recently mm. that it's best to ask a 10 or 12 year old important questions about um, the way the country is going and how it should go and it's important to take a young person's opinion seriously and don't just brush them off because they're under the age of 18. 
So kids have a lot of power now, and a lot of it comes from the fact that they're online and don't have to be seen or even listened to when they uh, write an opinion online. And they can say anything they want on Twitter or Facebook yeah. and not really be there. Um, it's so not really be present yeah. almost. Yeah, because it's yeah. not really you. It's not a conversation. It's just something you write down. Like you can say mean things, right. but like to their face, I'm not so sure. That's right. And so um, when it comes to uh, communicating with each other, either live or online, people get much more critical, much more nasty, yeah. much more uh, sick, yeah, and know that they're not really going to be, they're not going to be really criticized for doing it. In fact, that sort of behavior is encouraged. So we become more sensitive to criticism. Yeah. And so uh, that, that, that makes that makes one's future a lot more um, unfocused and things aren't in sharp focus yeah, by the very, time you get to be 30 or 40. Yeah, it's very hard for people to talk. They're so, like, emotional where it's hard to talk about things. I feel like back in the 50s, you could ha sit down and have a discussion about gun control, but now people, I feel like they can't talk about it. You know what I mean? Well, everything is so... There's always two sides to every story. There's right, folks who are crazy about it or who wish that the whole idea would, would just blow up. Um, the, so, so discussing and negotiating seem to be the most difficult things for people to deal with now. They just make a statement and won't listen to any opinions other than their own. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's one reason that our our federal and state governments are such a mess because there's only two sides to every story. And one good thing about Bernie Sanders is that his um, his most uh, thing about himself he was about how do we keep people from starving. How do we keep people in a home? How do we keep people um, having a positive view on the situation that they're in? Whatever it takes, those are very important things that have to be have to be um, encouraged. Right. Uh, hold on. I'm losing connection a little bit. Hope you're still on the line. Okay. Um. But what I wanted to say before, I can't remember what it was. But it's just like, I feel like people, when they get mad, they get so, where it's like, oh, I don't like that person's opinion, and they they just shouldn't be able to talk. It's like to that degree, where it's like, what happened to the hippies? Where it's like, can we all just get along, and now everybody's at each other's throats, and it's like... It went from zero to like a thousand so quickly. Right. And when things change that quickly, people don't have to um, explain themselves to someone else when they're asked, what do you believe in? Where did you come from? What's important to you? 
and they don't have any answers for those things because they've always been too busy figuring out how to argue rather than to agree with other people. Their ability to um, fight and um, be angry and have standards that yeah. only are are interested. They're, it's whatever their political or social or financial party is um, all about is what they're all about. People don't do things that improve their own situation. They're just sort of a minion or a, or a front person for a big cause, like, for instance, the Iraq War. Final cost of the Iraq War, which we lost, which uh, Bush, w, George W. Bush, was basically just a front man for all the people who wanted to spend trillions of dollars so on, um, on the war. Yeah. And so um, we don't really have uh, standard bearers or people who get um, their friends and family charged up. We just have, um, we have kings and queens, so we don't have any princes. Right, it's a different system. Right, and so there's only, there's only people um, in, you know, there's only people with yachts or people who hang out with celebrities. Yeah, and that's considered what people Island, should. Sort of, yeah. Right. That's what people assume that that's what they should be striving for. No, it's turn. like, uh, so, sorry to kind of get in here, but it's it's just like you should be going to school for something you're passionate about, not the degree. Right. Right. It's yeah. so crazy. That makes it easier on a teacher, too. If a teacher knows what the kids in the classroom want, ultimately, they'll um, configure the way they approach teaching in a much more positive way. If the kids all look like they're bored or none of them have any opinions about anything, how do you teach them? How do you, how do you tell them what's valuable if they don't even know who they are, what they want, or what their parents wanted for them? Yeah, that's like the and biggest so, problem. Or kids just I, don't I know. Agree who they are, what they want to do, and it seems like they're going right. off to college to party, and it's like I feel like they should be mm-hmm. taking life a little more seriously. Right, and so I think um, kids in their adolescent years have become so aware of how much of a disaster um, our federal and state governments are that they're going to be much more energized when it comes to being changes, you know, wanting to change things and and shake things up. Right. And um, they have the energy to do that without being paranoid about the kind of reaction they're going to get. So I think folks, you know, Gen, Gen Z um, are basically robots and they don't want to change anything and they don't want to change their their own personality or their own um, attention to the media. You know, the, our media these days are not about content. It's about presentation exactly. and how to sell an idea. Yeah. How to sell an idea. The idea isn't important. The success of your ad campaign is the most important. 
So I think we've got to get to the point where media, um, the details of media are what we're most interested in. Yeah. Um, content, content is much more important. Yeah, it's about doing the news, not getting clicks. You know, it should be about That's right. giving yeah. the information to the people. It used to be about, you know, giving them the right information and these big things, you know. We had these great, yeah. People have to be able to trust the media. And they really don't, or else they don't even check out the media. They don't check out whatever local news there is. They don't know when their neighborhoods are falling apart until it's too late. And they they have to want to know about what's going on in the city they live in, whether it's a small town or or a town of 100 or 200,000 people. They have to connect with their environment. And the reason people get discouraged and end up moving out of a pretty good city where they have a pretty good job, the reason they do that is that they really feel that um, there's no real hope for the situation they live in to improve. Yeah, so like people are really, they've really given up and they, they don't have any interest in being part of no. a coalition that wants to, wants to improve the living situations of the people who live there. Yeah, they work hard all day and come home and I don't know what I, they do, but it used to be you move into a new place or you hear there's somebody coming into town. You, you made them a pie and you knocked on their door and you introduced yourself. I feel like that has right. disappeared. Like, right. What happened? Well, you, you learn to be pretty uh, courteous and you learn to be yeah. pretty aware of what it's like to be considered a civilized person. And you might talk to someone on the street and ask their opinion. When they ask you your opinion, you give it to them. And, uh, you know, empathy and negotiation have really disappeared. And people think that there's, people always think that their situation is much worse than the situation of the people they live around. So people feel sorry for themselves. And people with that kind of attitude don't become leaders. If you feel sorry for yourself, you're pretty much stuck. And so you have to, uh, you have to accept whatever bad things life has given you. You have to accept them. You can't change unless you know that you were were previously weak but have to get stronger if you're going to improve your own situation. That's very wise. You have to accept you have to accept um, the worst about yourself before you're able to improve yourself. Exactly. You can't feel you can't feel um, inferior to the people around you. You have to let them know how bad your situation is or how um, insecure you are, and you might just find that they feel just the same way. If we can trade the worst of our of our living situation, the details of it, other people, then we can improve ourselves and possibly improve other folks. Yeah, I think people need to accept who they are and 
you know, don't worry about what you are, what other people think, who cares if you're gay, you know, I feel like that is so, like, old, and uh, I feel like people need to just figure out who they are. If there was something bad, if there was trauma, you know, write about it and try and heal or laugh at it, you know? And I feel like... If you express yourself, yourself, um, you will be good at expressing yourself. And you have to, you know, so many people um, can't really give an opinion about anything because they're afraid it will be rejected by the people that are giving the opinion to. to for themselves. That's right. And you can't, you can't feel that other folks' opinion is always better than yours or their opinion will make you more money than you're currently making. Right, I feel so like, you have to. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I feel like when people come, finally come together and put down the phones, you know, it's sort of like this French Revolution thing. We're coming together, going to the Bastille, and then confronting the government, the people that are oppressing us, wh- whoever it is. I feel like when that happens, the world become a much better place. That's right. And crowds were not considered dangerous anymore. They were seen as a way, they were seen as uh, solidarity and strength. And people were willing to um, be seen as dangerous rather than um, just nice, friendly people who uh, would never, ever think of criticizing anyone or anything. And so your opinion might seem uh, scary to other people. But if you can find other people who share the same opinion, you feel much more secure. And you know that if you do want to criticize something or someone, you've got a group of people who can back you up. And uh, insecurity occurs, or you'll feel they don't have anyone to to back up their ideas or their the direction they're taking. Right, and I feel like with people, they need to just be human. Where it's like it's okay to yeah. to laugh or talk about this or that. We should have people should be open to talk about anything. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what occurred during the seventies and eighties with. Um, programs like SCTV or Saturday Night Live, um, they were they were kind of making fun of being goofy, but very, very important issues, which made people much more willing to have a negative opinion about the city that they live in or the the leaders of the uh, political parties that they're that they're a part of. So if you take a if you take a kind of a lighthearted approach to serious problems. They won't bug you too much. You'll be able to um, kind of laugh off any of the really nasty things that a corporation or a government or a school board might be like that might be doing. People let themselves be walked on and that's how that's how the Republican Party got so successful, people were willing to be abused. They felt, well, I'm being shit on, but I'm part of a great big party with millions of other people as part of that party. 
So I'm a member of a really big, powerful organization or party. And it's the, it's the strength and uh, the uh, nastiness of that party that is the only thing we really have to cherish. And that's pretty sad. Right, and I feel like people need to just pick up a hobby and, you know, get away from the negativity of the news or whatever's online. Quit worrying if the world's going to end about global warming, this or that, you know. Back in the day, there was woodworking or you went fishing, you did something, people went out. And I feel like now people are on their phones and they're worried about what's going to happen and they're so, like, paranoid. Right. Well, also, people were more interested in crafts and hobbies in the past. Yeah, it was crazy. And it was their way of it was their way of showing their individuality to the world. And those sorts of things would be would be taught in grade school and high school. When I was in high school, there was a class called Future Families of America, and this is for kids who planned to either be a farmer or work in a, in a, a society where being connected to the land and being, uh, being careful about whether the environment is being destroyed. Um, and that was Future Farmers of America. There was also FHA, Future Homemakers of America, which my friend called Future Homosexuals of America. But FHA was what a lot of women who were planning on getting married or working in a, in a, in a job that had to do with um, social work or uh, going into a, going into a, maybe working with a, a church or becoming a nun or a priest or a counselor. We had great counselors in my high school and they made you feel as if your problem was something that could be solved rather than a problem that was going to follow you through the rest of your life. We need counselors and we need advisors and we need people who can make life better when you're just about to go off to college and be terrified of what college life is going to be like. 18-year-olds have to be have to be told that college is going to be something much more than smoking weed and yeah. drinking and and um, trying to find the girl with the most prosperous dad so you can marry her and don't have to work too hard because she'll be where the money comes from. So yeah. college should be a challenging. Uh, college should be challenging. It shouldn't be a way, a more successful, yeah. profitable way learning how to party. Yeah, um, college should, shouldn't be about partying. No, it shouldn't. It should be adventurous. You're interested in something. You have a goal in mind. Something right. you really care about that means a right. deal to you. It shouldn't be, I want to be Elon Musk or Bill Gates, and I want to be a trillionaire because it, it, it's numbers and it never ends and... It's such a, right. a a meaningless type of life. That's right. And the people who do have trillions don't spend it or even invest it. They put it in the bank or they buy assets. And so um, when they're 
when the uh, when they come up on the media, all they can really say is, "I'm more wealthy than that guy," or "I have more influence than that guy," and so um, all they really have are numbers. How many trillions um, do you have? I have more trillions than you do. The competition um, really takes it out of people, and they end up usually addicted to wine or addicted to having their 14th or 15th SUV. And so it's all about, it's all about numbers. It's all about how much you have rather than what you're doing with what you have. It's all very, it's all very, uh, it's very much about, um, your personal story being attractive to the media. And it was the only thing that Trump wanted. He wanted attention. He didn't care how he got it. He wanted to be on television every minute. Of course. He wanted yeah. to be interviewed, interviewed by the media. And even though he looks like a basically insane freak, and has this wacky thing on his head and can't really can't really um, speak with any kind of uh, interest or right. he can't really explain what he's all about because he doesn't know what he's all about. All he's about is his past and not what he's doing now or how he will take what he knows and build a better future for himself and for the people who work for him. Yeah, I feel like people gave him way too much and it just became more and more. He wanted more and more attention and people were concerned about, did he pay his taxes? And it's like, who cares? Why are you giving this guy so much attention if he's such a... Right, well, yeah, well, we we used to just accept the fact that our, our leaders and our CEOs and our, and our religious leaders had our best interests in mind. Well, we know that they don't. We know that what they're most interested in Money. is being successful in their yeah. political party yeah. or um, for the cor- for in the corporation that they work for. Exactly. So real individuality has just um, isn't important anymore. People want to be part of a group. That's how they feel secure. The group, the background of the group, or the workings of the group aren't important to them. As long as they know that they can get together with other freaks like them and they can drink beer all evening and encourage each other to to be the same and not grow or or change their attitude. Yeah, there's nothing life. good coming really, from them. You know, it's just no, they just want to stay in power. You know, if it's Biden, whoever been in. Uh, politics for so long it's like people want to be that and with the private jet and this and that and things are so expensive and i feel like young people actually believe they need to make all this money or else they're going to be poor and it's just not true yeah yeah well priorities um have changed quite a bit and most folks in their teens and 20s and seeing is how empty the lives of these people have turned out to be. And they don't want that. And so making more money than your other classmate isn't too important to them. 
They want to make a splash and they want to be noticed and they want to be proud of what they've been noticed exactly. about. They don't want and to do so, the craft. They just want to be famous for it. No. Yeah. They, uh, it's true. Priorities are just they're so different now. Yeah, if you look at technology, a lot of things have changed where you want the, the fancy thing, you know? I feel like it's such a, like this high class thing with the younger people where, you know, they're making fun of older people for not knowing how to use technology. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of this weird thing where they, they want all this, this fancy technology with the internet and the Wi-Fi, but I feel like it's creating a lot of spoiled young people. They're just not good. Yeah. Well. I mean, it's about speed. How quickly does your does your operating system um, give you what you need or want? Right. So things things happen more quickly and more easily. But um, the thing that is uh, happening quickly might not be too helpful to you or the people around you. Right. So everything is everything is about how flashy something is how quickly it can be delivered rather than how, how it's, how it's um, making America a better place. Right, and a lot of it is just so expensive. You know, the video game stuff or the phone or the laptop, uh, you know, yeah. all these things are so expensive. And they just get right. more and more complicated. Back in the day, it wasn't too hard to figure out how to use a phone or, you know, how to use an arcade machine. These were pretty simple. And now where it's complicated, it's like it gives people this feeling of uh, it's impressive or they're showing off. And um, I feel yeah. it's, it's not, it's not good. You're right. You're right. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that people are going to be open taking a very different attitude toward what life is about and how they should right. um, approach growing and living in a society that's um, in the process of changing very quickly. Yeah, I, I do have to add, though, I feel like people are not doing things that human beings need. Like, women, sh it's almost like this instinctual thing where they... They don't need to, but it would be very helpful if they had kids. I feel like a lot of women or men are either getting their tubes dyed or getting vasectomies. And it's like, right? it's such an important thing for, you know, to, to have a family and, and a kid for the first time, you know, human beings have been around for like 200,000 years, a little bit more, I think. But for the first time, we're seeing what's going to happen if people don't reproduce, and it's such a negative impact. Yeah, that's right. And so the uh, the the number of people who are born each year in Seattle keeps going down and down and down. And so the fewer people there are, the less money there will be to spend on on positive things that can help them. Yeah, so we're going to yeah, we're going to, we're going to see the amount of money divvied up for social programs 
that amount of money is going to go way down. I don't know how people are going to function if they can't rely on the infrastructure and the investment of the place they live in. Yeah, back in the day, people had a lot of kids, baby boomers. That was such a such a spike, and now it's disappearing. It's almost like human beings are going to go extinct. I think we're fine for now, but if it continues, uh, it's very troubling. Well, when I was in grade school, my parents had nine children. The Gregory's had ten. The Jurakos had 12 children, lived on a farm outside of town. All the kids got along. The parents were a good example to the kids. And uh, if you create a mini, a mini society in your own home, where people get along, know what they want, and are productive, it'll be easier for those kids to go out to a, a big city or a small one and uh, be less paranoid about what it's like to be a good member or a good citizen. And now they don't have the uh, they don't have the ability to negotiate or stand out in any way because they haven't been part of a group. Yeah, it's something people should identify with if it's where their parents came from. You know, if it's a cultural thing and. I feel like culturally America is going backwards. Like, where's the new fashion? I feel like people love old technology or old style of clothing, and it's it's like culture is going backwards. Where, where's the new style of glasses? And it's all this like retro. Right. Yeah, that's that's pretty discouraging. Um, I would look at the Vogue magazine site online and the thing that the women are wearing are so wacky and zany and weird it is weird well they caught my attention they caught my attention which which was the only real intent of the decisions that right. the designers had so getting attention is very important and how you know that that is all that trump wanted he wanted to right. know that he was getting more face time than any other politician. Yeah, he was a showman. And, he just loved screwing with people and joking. Right. And, yeah. But going back to, to the whole thing with kids is like, I feel like uh, young people, if it's Gen X or Z, are working these jobs. Women, I think, in my ex- experience, where they're doing it just for the money, they don't even like the job, they don't care, there's no passion. They work these hard jobs, and it's like, what do they do for fun? Like, you should be going out with your friends, yeah. not at home playing video games or smoking pod. And especially with online dating, that is so that's like right. repelling. Where it's a, uh, you should be going out and talking to people you don't know. Well, by the time these people have retired, they won't um, have any people or ideas or political um, a philosophy to, to deal with. You have to prepare for your future. You can't assume it's going to be, you can't assume exactly. it's going to be what you want. You haven't been prepared to be a part of a movement or 
society or neighborhood that you're in. Yeah, and it's just like people are just waiting for the right person to come along or with hooking up. It's getting in the way of traditional families and what America used to be and getting the job you want. So I feel like with things getting more and more expensive and students being in tons of debt, it's like by the time you make enough money to pay it off, how are you going to retire with social security? Right. And I think, I think, um, being aware of what, um, leaving college with $125,000 for $200,000 debt, that has, that, that must change because it's going to discourage teenagers from even considering going to college. If they think, if they think they're going to be owing that much money when they get out of college, it's going to, uh, really depress them. And when, when, the last thing we need in this country is a bunch of depressed 21 year olds running around. No, it's really bad, especially when pot can demotivate you or make you depressed and you know people yeah. want to be good at certain things but to get good it, it takes time and it takes effort and I feel like they get discouraged because writing can be a little hard or, or acting or this or that and it takes like I don't know 10,000 hours however, however it is and I feel like that has to do with people just quitting and not wanting to commit to something they really care about. Right. Yeah, that, that, that's got to change. And kids have to be encouraged by their parents and their teachers and um, the, uh, the religious leaders that they, they might know. I think the fact is so few people go to um, a worship uh hour once a week it used to be part of, you were part of a community part of a community with the same morals and there was a great amount of security in that also knowing that you'd be going to church or temple every week and you would dress up you would take a bath before you went to church and you would you would be you would be um, considered a worthwhile member of the church because you respected the concept of religion by by uh, making the best of yourself and being um, you know looking good and and being able to converse with other people and so the best part to me of religion is that it creates a community and the whole idea of community has really disappeared in this country. As you said, it's all about individuality rather than being part of a group. Right. And, uh, you know, um, the only thing we really know about Bezos is that he has 10 or 15 yachts. Yeah. And when he dies, that's all, that's all the people will remember about him is the number of yachts that he had. Um, it's as if your whole life is nothing but PR. You're, you're, you're thinking about media coverage and that's a hell of a way to live. Yeah. And I feel like people used to have this certain amount of respect, even up to like 2010, I think a little 
afterwards, probably around the time of Trump and Me Too and all, when things just got so crazy. It all right. Did, well, the, uh, the acting scene here in Seattle yeah. really fell apart about 2012. And a lot of the things did. I don't know why that year, that those two, two or three years, that triggered such a destruction of um, positive um, employment opportunities or um, trustworthy political leaders. But it really happened about 10, 12 years ago. And I've been needing and wanting to get out of Seattle ever since because there's nothing... um, there's something here that I really want. I don't want to be a part of this city. I don't want to be a part no. of what um, out is and um, it's profitable. Hold on for a second. Tell me there. The craziest the craziest people keep trying to get a hold of me or invest in something. Oh and that was all that was that was a law firm, and I can't imagine <laughs> why anyone would, right. would want to uh, notify me about their law firm. All right. Um, I think I have about five minutes left, but there were a couple of things I wanted to add. Where Yeah, I, go for it. I feel like people had this certain amount of respect for each other. There was this politeness. You know, back in the 50s, I remember seeing this thing where there were these certain rules where it was like, you respect your parents and you speak when you're spoken to or don't make a scene, don't get over emotional. And this is the way life just was, you know, and people trusted uh, journalists, you know, Dan Rather, Walter Cronkite, like these people that you could really uh, expect to give you the news and, and to tell you what's going on. And I feel like once people well, come, you wanted to hear from those people, yeah, you wanted exactly. to know, you wanted to know that there was someone who knew that their approach to the news and their delivery of the news was a positive thing. And yeah. so those people were, those people were admired. The fact that when I was growing up, there were only three channels plus PBS. And now there's about 10 trillion channels. And you spend your time deciding which one you want to check out rather than enjoying what, what it was that you checked out. Yeah, like back in the day, there were only like sources. five channels. Now there's a million. It was NBC, that's, CBS, that's right. ABC. That was it. There weren't many. And uh, right. I feel like once people come together and they start listening and they start caring yeah. and they don't go crazy – New York City or some of these other places with the crime is just insane. And once people just start actually becoming like a community and they really care and they, they're they taking care of their past or trauma or what's going on and you know who you are and what you want to do, where you want to go, things will be much better. I agree. And uh, I, I do think when people – they respected and trusted people on TV. You know, they actually thought the president was telling them the truth. And right. I think Trump was like the first one where young people just didn't want anything to do with politics, anything to do with the president. Things 
Like that changed so much culturally. Uh, definitely not for the better. Um, but I do. Well, they they knew that they could trust these people. Yeah. And they didn't feel weak because they were trusting someone in power. Right. And that, that's another thing where people, uh, they want to be a politician or a doctor or this or that. And it's so much like stress and, and, and power that it's like. I think maybe that's why people want it. Maybe it's the money, but it's the influence a lot of people want because a lot of young people are troubled and uh, they can't deal with stress if they're that's Maybe that's why they vape or this or that. And uh, I feel like back in the day, you didn't have that problem and people would read the newspaper, turn on the news. They would talk to to neighbors and strangers and I feel that is so important. When you just talk to a stranger, like you can have this trust. Like ignorance is bliss, but it's also like you should, like you don't can't keep your guard up all the time. Like you got to learn to trust some people. Right. You know. Yeah, it's true. Um, You're right. Uh, I I do have to ask though if there's anything. If you had to give a piece of advice to somebody uh, from Gen X or Gen Z or the one um, uh, after that, what would you um, what would you tell them to give them like a piece of hope or direction? Well, that they do have some worthwhile ideas, and they have to connect with other people to to prove that. Um, you know, I was put, I was put on earth to make people aware of what's good and bad about me. And I was put on earth to make my situation and the situation of the people who live around me better. I would tell people, join a group, join some sort of group whether it's a group that bowls together every week or a group that has a political affiliation and wants to work on making the city they live in better, joining a group of at least five or ten people is very, very important. Right. And it will open the eyes. Yeah, it's it like will open a the eyes of a lot of kids. It's like a family. If you need, if you need security, join a group of people we get together every week, same time, in the same place, and that'll make you have something to look forward to when you're having a bad day at work. Right. It's like a family. It's something that is like healthy and gonna help. But I feel like people aren't productive enough. They're on the phone too much. And I remember uh, it was either something I saw or some, something I read. Back in the 30s, during the Great Depression, FDR had these programs where he put homeless people... Uh, he put homeless people to work, you know, if it was cutting down old right. trees that might have been flammable and really helping people. And I feel like now more than ever, we, we, we need that, you know? There are a lot he made of... people feel valuable. He made yeah. people feel that they... They had a place in society, and right. whatever it was that they did um, would be praised and um, 
they they would they would get a positive they would get positive feedback for the work that they did because someone like FDR made sure that the kinds of jobs that he gave people would be jobs that would improve the country, would improve the mindset of people who were working those jobs. If you have if you have work, you know that you're encouraging um, growth. Right. And people don't really, people aren't too interested about a situation or even their country growing. Um, most politicians think that growth is anathema to anything. And keeping things just as they are with just as many people making all the money is their priority. Right, and that's growth, all they really care about. And uh, right, I feel like well, when you... well, growth, growth takes um, courage. And it takes courage to accept the fact that uh, you have to be a part of the, the change. Right. Growth can be positive as long as the people who are changing things know that they're working for something positive. But it's also more than that. I feel like people should be connecting with their generation if it's some sort of a movement. Yeah. It's right. very important. But also when you do nothing with all these homeless people, it's like if you do nothing, you're going to smoke or drink or do something stupid. But if you get to work and you're, you're out there in the wilderness or you're, you're fishing or you're, I don't know, you're out, uh, doing something, it's good. And with phones, people just want to sit and do nothing. And it's such such an opposite. Or or walk down the street with their head bowed, playing a video game. Um, You know, people, well, they're also uh, walking down the street, not knowing who else is on the sidewalk. I'm so tired of having to dodge people when I'm walking down the sidewalk. Right. Because I know that they, they, know that they don't see me. Or if they're on a skateboard or a bike and they're almost right. like you, yeah. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. It, there's no real um, awareness of the kinds of things that they're, that they're damaging. Right. All. It's also like there's no shame and there's no respect. People just don't care. They care about themselves and their opinions, but... When it comes to other people and feeling a little vulnerable, it's like doesn't exist. Well, that's what hip hop um, created. Um, you know, I'm the baddest motherfucker around a lot. I'm I'm a worse human being than you are, and I'm making more money, and I've got more diamonds on my on my hand. Yeah, and it's such a that's. That's such a selfish thing where it's like I'm worse off than you and I feel like people should be more self-aware than that. Self-conscious. I agree. Um, I do have yeah, to add one more thing and then I'll have to let you go. Um, really wish I could go on but I have to uh, get to dinner. Um, but I feel like when you were talking about giving back and this community thing, being a good neighbor – you see, now more than ever, people aren't enlisting in the military where people are yeah. afraid to die but not afraid to do drugs. It's kind of ironic. Yeah. Well, going into the military, even in the 50s and 60s, was a pretty positive thing because it, 
let men and women know that once they were once they were decommissioned, life would be pretty good, and they would they would have um, the support of the government. They would have health care, and so it wasn't uh, yeah. it wasn't just a negative thing to be part of of the military, the American military. Yeah, but they're also doing it for their family, and they were doing it for their kids. If their girlfriend or wife yeah. was pregnant, and uh, you were you were giving back, you you were thanking your country. It was like this sort of connection with where you came from, and you just wanted to be more appreciative of of everything your country did for you. You know, right, right. Um, well, if you think your country. If you think your country is lousy, why would you want to help protect? Exactly, and a uh, big problem I have with people living in America is like, if this country's so bad, if it's so uh, oppressive, why are you here? Go back to wherever you came from. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. That's good. That's a good way to look at it. Um, so, if there's anything you want to plug or promote, now would be the time, please. Well, I want to promote um, myself doing positive things. I want to uh, I want to be recognized. Uh -oh. My epilepsy could help other people who are all safe. disability won't. Uh, keep them from achieving what they want or making cut out it. again oh. be proud of who they are and help um, and help them what's, what's wrong with their neighborhood or their city You cut out damn more. Uh, Tommy, there. Are you there? Lost connection for a second. Uh, are you there, Tom? The call him back. Uh, are you there? Sorry, the connection right now. Broke up the phone a little bit. I think I can hear you now. Maybe not. Um, I'll give you the link to, um... His Facebook page and whichever, whatever he wants to uh, plug, but uh, by the time by the time this is up, uh, let's see if he comes back. Hey Tom, you there? Yeah. All right. So sorry about that. That was a bad connection.
Ähm, Uh, are you there? Hi. Nah, I don't know. Oh, now I have two bars. Tommy, you there? Hello. Hi, sorry, really bad, really bad uh, reception. Okay. Um, well, I got to run. It's been a good hour talking to you, and I appreciate your uh, listening to what I have to say. Uh, well, I I have this this belief where. If you're either nice to people or you listen to people, they'll do the same back. So uh, that's just right. Doing doing it so people uh, listen to what I have to say. But um, yeah, if you want, I can leave a link to one of your social media pages. People can find you if if yeah. you like. Is is that all okay. right? Uh, maybe yeah, that, that, that sounds good. Uh, either Facebook or something else. Up to you. Let's make it Facebook. Okay, awesome. Um, and off the plug is by the, by the time this is up, um, my I, I wrote a book and it'll be on Amazon. Uh, it's called Martian. It's these little short stories I wrote. Um, it's on Amazon for ninety days and then it'll be on everywhere else. Uh, thanks to um, Book Baby for all that. But uh, if you want to get it, whoever's listening it's only like nine bucks um but tom thanks for coming on really appreciate it uh it's been good talking to you well same here and uh i look forward to talking to you again and receiving the link on facebook of course yeah it'd be great uh you can find the video if it's going to be on spotify or anchor or YouTube, wherever it'll be, I'll be sure to send it to you. Um, and take care. Well, you have my email address, don't yeah. you? Of course, yeah, I do. Okay, um, I'll s- send it to you All there. Right. Uh, take care of yourself, man. Okay, bye bye. I will. Bye. Have a good one. I'm going to. That was uh, Tom Murphy talked about this, that, politics. You know. Um, He's been in Seattle for like uh, 30 years. No, he came to Seattle in like 2001, I think. Uh, actor, whatever else he does, if it's movies, TV, uh, Broadway, which is fanook. <laughs> um, but it's been great. Um, brings one to a close. Uh, I don't know, this was recorded on uh, the 23rd, or whatever the date is today. Yeah, the 23rd. But... Um, See you in the next one, and uh, take care of yourself, you motherfuckers.